It is Cover 3, you, the college football degenerates. Coming at you a little late after the start of the season, but you know what? Better late than never. Um, college football is here, Pat. We're recording on this Tuesday. What is today? The 10th? October. I don't even know what day it is. Shit, isn't it like the 14th? 13th. Oh, yeah. 13th? <laughs> Sorry, the game was on the 10th. <laughs> October 13th afternoon, so we're, we're heading into, I think, what week, I don't know what technically what week it is, it's like week four or five, some teams have played one game, some teams have played four four games. It actually, on the ESPN app, it says it's week seven. Week seven, <laughs> so. I guess we're going to have, uh, I don't know, 16 weeks. And, and again, some teams just kicked off a couple of weeks ago, so, <clears throat> and there's some teams who have still not kicked off. But anyways, um, so I think the plan with Discover 3U podcast this year is just get it in every couple of weeks, maybe maybe not as often due to the circumstances this season's having. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, there's just a lot going on for all of us personally right now. You know, we're both super swamped with our normal jobs. Now, f- shit, more people listen, maybe we wouldn't have to work. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that Now you have a little one and my kids are growing and, you know, it's just... Here's uh, all it. All I know is I never really knew how it would be to be a father in terms of, like, how much busier you're going to be. But from the time I pick her up from daycare to the time I go to bed, it is nonstop. Non-stop. Yeah, man. It is nonstop. Anyway, this isn't about uh, parenting or anything like that shit. Let's talk some college football. Yeah, so I'm Jameson, your Hokie football fan, and we have Pat, your Notre Dame football fan, and I think the direction this podcast is going to go is more ACC-oriented due to a couple reasons. One, both of our teams are now playing in the conference this year, and so we have a little more insight, um, and we're both embedded in the conference a little more. And two, the ACC is one of, you know, three power five conferences that are even in the big 12 right in the big 12 they're having all kinds of issues like they i mean shit they've gone weeks without playing they only have one game this week it's weird it is weird so you know it's naturally going to be more acc oriented but we're still going to talk about college football as a whole i think it will be more universal once (laughs) the big 10 gets going here in a couple of weeks absolutely so i think the segments are going to play out like this We'll, we'll kind of review last week particularly our teams and then um We'll have a little uh, preview of some games to come up, maybe play some wagers with one another, um, and then, you know, maybe do a casual power ranking system in the ACC of how we think the uh, the league is playing out at this point in the season. Um, so what stood out with you uh, last week with uh, with college football, Pat? Do you want to start with your Irish, or do you want to talk about the, the, the week as a whole? It was a great week of college football last week. Great yeah, week. Yeah. How about those noon kicks? Oh, man. Those noon kickoff games from Texas and Oklahoma to Florida going down and getting beat by Texas A&M, which I didn't expect to happen. And then, you know, the back and forth with – not really back and forth with UNC and Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech not giving up and and continuing to fight. There were probably three or four different times within that game I thought where Tech could have just mailed it in, but they never did. Uh, it shows that they're playing for their coach, in my opinion. Um, Through a lot of adversity. Yeah, exactly. But And, and the Alabama-Ole Miss game. The that, Alabama-Ole Miss that game. That game, in a lot of ways, was a lot like the Virginia Tech-UNC game. It was a shootout, but Alabama just did it better. Right. Just like UNC did it better in the Virginia Tech-UNC game. 
it was a matter of where could Ole Miss steal a possession because they weren't going to stop Bama. And Virginia Tech was the same way. It was all about trying to steal a, pos- a possession, especially when you go down 21 nothing to start the game. In the, the, in the biggest the issue game. I saw in the Tech game, and I know we're kind of going ahead and, and reviewing the Virginia Tech game a little bit, but the biggest issue I saw there is the chunk plays they gave up in the run game. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, six yards here, <laughs> seven yards there. It was 12 yards, 14. Yeah, it was... 18. No signs of stopping it. In fact, well, you know, let's start there. You know, I'm the Hoagie fan. It was a noon kick. Virginia Tech loses to North Carolina, the eighth-ranked Tar Heels at the time. They're now in the top five. Number 19, Virginia Tech loses to them, 56-45. to 45. Virginia Tech dropped to 23rd in the rankings, which I can respect uh, that the poll voters um, respects Virginia Tech fight in that, Virginia Tech's fight in that game. But the Hokies go down 21-0 quick. And, you know, Virginia Tech has been faced with a lot of COVID issues to start the season. Some teams are seeing their COVID issues. Some of them saw it in the summer, like Clemson, and they're already over it. And now they're hitting, you know, they're hitting full tilt. Some teams have yet to see COVID issues, and it's only a matter of time. So Notre Dame's just getting over it again. I mean, they've had two rounds of it. And then there's some teams right in the middle of it as Tech, and they were out 23 players game one, they were out 21 players game two, and they were out 15 players in game three, but those 15 players were mostly in the secondary. And we won't get into our personal views on, on in terms of the actual virus itself. Hope everyone's staying safe, but... It's I, it's a mess. It's, it's a, a lot mess. of rules and regulation teams have to follow. I don't see how the Big Ten's going to be able to follow it. Like because they're you know with the ACC and the SEC, the Big Twelve, and all of those conferences that are currently playing, including the American. You know, it's a fourteen day quarantine if you get or isolation if you get uh, if you test positive. In the Big Ten, it's going to be twenty one days. The only thing I can say for the Big Ten is that hopefully they're testing now, and hopefully they have that same rule to where if they get test positive, they don't have to be tested again for three months. I don't know if the Big Ten's doing that. I know the ACC is, but I think the only hope that the Big Ten has is it is that is the case. Once you get it, you don't have to be tested, and that they're testing now. Yeah, it's what a three-month period that once yeah. you get it, then you're good. So sure. hopefully they're testing now. That way any players who had it or have been exposed to it can get it out of the way now that way when the season starts for big 10 they're not having to see some of the challenges like virginia tech is seeing but yeah back to the unc tech game you know my biggest thing is we got down too too much too early we had no over the top help nobody in the two deep was playing in the uh the the final level of the defense and the safeties we had some players returning at defensive back but we had nobody to back them up and those players haven't practiced for two weeks, so they were rusty. Um, so, yeah, there is an excuse. But at the end of the day, our starting defensive line was there and our linebackers were there, and they were getting blown off the ball all day to the point where it was scary. I mean, we couldn't stop them. The only time we stopped them was when they dropped a pass on two different drives. That was the only way we forced them to punt in the first half. And then, you know, we put in Hendon Hooker. And the reason, from my understanding, is we're not starting Hooker to start the seasons because he did have COVID. Rumors have it that he was hit pretty hard with it mm-hmm. to the point where it actually he was seeing symptoms. He lost some weight. So it wasn't just about getting him back and being allowed to play. It was getting him healthy um, from an endurance standpoint. But we get him in the game, and then the Hokies offense just lit it up and uh, made it a you know five-point game at one point late in the third. So, yeah, kudos to Virginia Tech. That onside kick was brilliant. Our kicker uh, also kicked a 55-yard field goal. 
Uh, Hendon Hooker was putting the ball on point. Khalil Herbert, a running back, is leading the country in rushing. He has another 130-plus yard day, a couple of scores. Um, our offensive line is beast, so I have absolutely no complaints in our offense. I think our offense is going to be able to score on anybody this year. Um, I think Clemson will be a challenge, of course, when we get there. But um, we just need to get, A, not only healthy on defense, but we need to get stronger up front. And I think a lot of that has to do with the new scheme that Justin Hamilton's implementing. When Bud Foster was there, we could get away with these smaller defensive tackles uh, because our defensive ends would crash the line in the Bud Foster scheme. When our defensive ends are, you know, have a little more outside containment and not crashing the line as much, which puts a little bit more pressure on the defensive tackles to take up space and stop the runs up the middle, which we don't have the size of defensive tackles to do that. And we saw that Saturday when North Carolina just ran and ran and ran, and our defensive tackles were getting blown off the ball. Those defensive tackles aren't built for this type of scheme we're implementing in, in Blacksburg. But um, I do think it would help if we have a little more consistent practice schedule. Um, while those starting defensive linemen played, they have been out. They haven't had a consistent practice schedule to learn the new scheme, to get in football-ready shape. So I think that has something to do with it. So I'm hoping as the season progresses, the defensive line addresses better to that scheme. We get a little more stronger up front and we're not getting blown off the ball. And let's not, let's not joke ourselves. I'm going to, I'll be the one to eat, eat crow here. I said that UNC is a little overrated. They're pretty well balanced offensively. They got some pretty damn good. They got some dudes on offense. They can be exposed defensively though. Big time. As tech proven and and Mm -hmm. tech has some dudes on offense, but yeah, I, I would agree. I think UNC is naturally just a lot better than I thought. I don't think our defense up front is, um, in shape. Due to COVID issues, I don't think we have over-the-top health and secondary due to guys being out. But we definitely need to get a lot better on defense. We have a big, big, big weakness on the defense. But to your point, I'm proud with the Hokies the way they fought. They pulled within 11. I think they deserve to still be in the rankings. I do think they will get better. And I think this matchup against BC next week uh, will be a good test for them because Boston College is looking pretty good. But, yeah, I have no complaints on offense. We had a, almost 500 yards total offense, 45 points. Uh, we were throwing the ball well with Hendon Hooker. We continue to run the ball well with Kalir Herbert, who I think is one of the best running backs in the country, as well as Carter and Williams for UNC. They ran the ball well, too. Um, but I'm just looking – I guess I'm more comfortable with who Virginia Tech is now. I think Virginia Tech is going to see a lot of shootouts this year, in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, I think you're going to see, I, I, I think it's more about just the landscape of college football in general right now, where the offenses are way ahead of the defenses, I think, um, across the board. Um, maybe not so much with Notre Dame. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but I would say across the board for the, for the vast majority of, uh, college football, Georgia, not withstanding. <laughs> Cause I think Georgia's defense is fucking good yeah um but you know i i think the offenses are just way ahead of the defenses and i think it, a lot of it has to do with what you were touching on with practices and things like that yeah i um, think defenses are a little more vulnerable this year due uh-huh. to the lack of preparation and a lot of the rules lean towards the offense as well and 100 uh, percent so, you know, I just think it's a the landscape of college football is what it is this year. Um, it's a lot. It, of, it, it's weird because, it, you know, another thing is I don't know what you think about this if you've noticed a, a, a difference, but you know, not having fans in the stands during some of these games, it just feels weird. 
it's different. It, it, it's very much different. Like Notre Dame, for example, I mean, they're having roughly ten to 12,000 fans at, at the games, and it's, it's all Notre Dame folks. It's students, it's faculty and staff, and it's family, uh, and then family of uh, the opposing team as well. But, uh, you know, it, it, so that gives it a little bit of an atmosphere, and you have the band and things like that, but some of these – games where you don't even have a band in the stands it just feels weird yeah i would 100 percent agree and um you know so i i think i think the Hokies have a lot of work to do and hopefully they can get a lot accomplished in preparation sooner rather than later as the season goes on but obviously that's where they need to work on and one more thing about the tech unc game is you know james mitchell had 103 yards receiving as a tight end i think he's starting to be the hype that we all anticipated, uh, number 82. He, he's he's going to be a downfield threat with us. He rushed for a touchdown. He had another touchdown receiving. Um, but, again, I'm not worried about the offensive side of the ball for Virginia Tech at all. I think we're going to be able to run with, with anybody. It's it's getting that defensive front um, a little more prepared with the type of scheme we're trying to run this year for the first time under new defensive coordinator Justin Hamilton. And then getting all of our guys back in the secondary. I mean, 15 players is a lot. I don't care who they are because then you're getting into, even if they're not starters, you're getting into rotation issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, Justin Fuente said in the post-game press conference that he was considering putting offensive players <laughs> in the secondary. That was about the only thing he didn't try, but he was strongly considering it in mid-game. We moved a linebacker to safety at one point. Um, we had a Tyler Matheny playing the entire game, and he's a walk-on. He turned down a scholarship at the University of Virginia for wrestling to play football as a walk-on at Virginia Tech. And I can't tell you how many tackles he missed. He played a great game against Duke, and kudos for him for stepping up and trying to play. But there's a reason he's a walk-on, right? And um, I'm not saying all those issues would have went away of defense if we would have had Diablo back and some of our secondary guys, but they would have obviously provided a little more support than what we had Saturday. So um, I'm not upset about that loss. I guess is what I'm saying. It's it's disappointing, but I wasn't. I was. It was embarrassing to see us get blown off the ball defensively like that. But I'm not upset. I, I think we have a lot of promise to still do some big things. Uh, we'll see how the season plays plays out. That night, your Irish played uh, the Seminoles. It was a. It seems like a common theme with Notre Dame a little bit. The game is relatively close to start, and then at the end of the day, Notre Dame just pulls away. You know, in the third and fourth quarter, which is what I saw, and, and Notre Dame was laying the wood as well on defense. I, I mean, they they hit, uh, they hit hard, and uh, they got a number of different guys who do that. But you know, the game started out weird. Uh, you know, I, they've had a lot of guys that haven't been practicing. Same as Virginia Tech. They had a three-week layoff because of COVID and then a scheduled bye week as well. Um, but, you know, they turned the ball over twice um, in the first quarter. Uh, one on a punt return that was a muff punt. Um, not really sure why Lawrence Keyes just dropped that, but he did. Um, that turns into three points. No, that turned into a touchdown, and the other one was a – a fumble on one of the – it was either the first or the second play of the game inside the Notre Dame 20, and that one turned into a field goal. I didn't think the game was nearly as close as the score, uh, the way it kind of played out. Um, you know, what was it, 42-26? Yep. Um, <clears throat> it, it shows, though, you know, and I, and I hope Notre Dame can do this over the next few weeks because I, I think a lot of this is just leading up to a clash with Clemson on November 7th. 
And that's really where Notre Dame's going to be measured on how far they've come as a program, in my opinion. You know, it, it, they may lose that game. I want to see them compete in that game. That's several weeks away, so we won't talk about it now. But that's where they're trying to get to. And, uh, you know, I wish they had a little bit more of a downfield passing game. Um, their run game with a redshirt freshman running back and Kyron Williams and a true freshman, Chris yeah. Tyree. Ky- Kyron Williams with 185 yards rushing, two touchdowns. They're, so talking about running backs, we mentioned Khalil Herbert with Virginia Tech, who leads the country. Mm-hmm. We, we, we mentioned uh, Williams from North Carolina and Carter from North Carolina, who, who both had over 100 and 200 rushing yards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, anybody could have ran the ball on Tech Saturday, though. And then another great running back, all coming from the ACC, is is Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. He has another hundred yard plus day, one hundred eighty five and two touchdowns. So we're seeing a lot of good, you know, running the football in in the ACC. Oh yeah, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive lines that are in the ACC. Um, oh yeah, I think I saw something. Uh, power football focus ratings uh, through. The first start of the season has Notre Dame and Virginia Tech's offensive lines ranked in the top five in the country. And mm-hmm. um, I think Notre Dame was two or three, and the Virginia Tech was like four. Um, and then I think other teams that were in there were maybe Georgia. I can't recall off the top of my head. But, yeah, we have some really good offensive line play going on in the ACC. Uh, but back to my point, the only thing – I didn't watch the entire game. I was bouncing around from Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, which Clemson continues to impress. They went big over – uh, Miami, they only gave up 17 points, which was impressive to me. And I was bouncing around, bouncing around with that shootout with Alabama and Ole Miss. But the one thing that did take away from the Notre Dame game is is another little bit of a slow start for Notre Dame. They were down 17-14 to 14 at the half, but then they come out and score two quick touchdowns to start the uh, – or excuse me, they're down 17-14 after the first quarter. Right. And then, and they, then just... they And then they turn on the Jets in the second quarter um, with two quick touchdowns. And then uh, – the end of the game, there was no scoring in the fourth quarter. So, but they, they just they you know that's Brian Kelly for you. Yeah, I mean <laughs> hold the lead. Yeah, hold, hold the lead. Yep. Yeah, and and I respect that. I'm 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 all for that. I'd rather you just put your pedal to the metal, but a little bit of more conservative approach. If you have if you have a big lead, what's the point of, of risking any uh, plays if you have a solid lead? Which is what he did as he coasted to a victory, keeping Notre Dame undefeated and in the top five in the country. Um, so good win for Notre Dame. I do think Florida State's getting a little better too. I was actually going to mention that you know the the switch to Travis at quarterback I think is the shot in the arm that they needed. Um, I think Notre Dame saw the best Florida State team as of yet. I would say yeah, I would agree with that, and I, I also think that it wasn't the best day for the Notre Dame defense. Um, and I think Jordan Travis had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, you know, they're able to adjust to some of these more mobile quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and the majority of, uh, well, I mean, the majority of what Florida State did was off of, you know, not typical design plays. It was, it was Travis making a play. And uh, then he got hurt and Blackman came in and that, you know. Yeah. The thing is, Notre Dame was just beating him up. Yeah. And, you know they've got linebacker. They got linebackers out the ass, it, and their defensive line they just rotate. Um, and the secondary is a little bit of a question mark. Um, they were missing a few guys in the secondary, but uh, overall, um, it was it was impressive. Yeah, uh, to yeah. see that you know even after a three week layoff with not very much practice time, 
they did scrimmage the previous Sunday, um, but did so with 25 players not participating in the scrimmage. So it, it's just a weird year. Um, but like I said, I mean, what Notre Dame is building towards is trying to get to a point where they can compete, possibly beat Clemson. Not saying that's going to happen. I think Clemson is by far and away the best team in the country. I think that's what everybody's trying to do in the ACC. I think that's what North Carolina is trying to do. I feel like that's what Miami's trying to do. They weren't successful at it as they lost 42-17 to to Clemson. Clemson continues to roll. Um, you know, I think that's what Virginia Tech's trying to do. But Notre Dame's obviously the closest out of that group. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the end game right there is is get up there with Clemson. And, again, Florida State, I think their talent is there. They're just a crap show as far as cohesiveness goes. I think we saw a little bit of improvement, and we saw a little bit of that talent on Florida State for the first time Saturday uh, so, all in all, good win for Notre Dame. Again, a couple other things to highlight over the weekend. Clemson continues to roll. Alabama in that shootout with Old Miss, very similar to UNC Tech, like I mentioned. And again, I think that's another example of teams not having enough time to prepare from a defensive standpoint. I think it's easier to prepare an offense with limited practice than it is a defense, in my opinion, because there's a lot more game planning and adjustments that are required. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you saw that with Alabama. Um, as they give up 48 pin points to Ole Miss, but win 63 to 48. Georgia is, is is Georgia better than Alabama this year? I don't think so. I, they I win really big don't. against Tennessee, 44 to 21. But that game was pretty daggone close, though, into the third quarter. It was one of those things, though, where they just kind of pulled away. Um, but I think Georgia can be had. I don't think their offense is great by any stretch of the imagination um i also feel that tennessee isn't quite there yet you know you look at some of these teams and where they're ranked and things like that it's hard to really measure up where they rank in the grand scheme of things with two other power conferences deciding not to play right now right uh so you know and and another thing to take away in that georgia tennessee game it was a ranked matchup number three georgia 14 tennessee is nobody could run the ball in that game. Nobody had over 56 rushing yards. And I think in order to compete with a team like Alabama or Clemson, you got to show some signs of life when it comes to the running game that neither team really showed in that game. Um, regardless of who you're playing, you got to be able to run the ball. And if you can't do it against Tennessee, what makes you think you can run the ball against Alabama? So that's right. kind of a concern. Again, Texas A&M with a big win over Florida. Um, Texas – loses a four-overtime matchup to Oklahoma, who gets their first win of the season. You probably didn't get are to watch. We, are we, didn't, I, I didn't get to watch much. I didn't get to watch any of it. I saw highlights coming on. But did you watch any of the overtime? No. Okay. I didn't. But I, I, I just want to say this about that game. Can we all get off this Texas is back BS? Yeah. I, I'd I mean, say I feel like that's been going on for ever since they won the, the, the Sugar Bowl against <laughs> – God, that was shit. You hear that every year. I, uh, yeah, I, just yeah. because you win a Sugar Bowl doesn't mean your team's back. But, yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. I think until I actually see it, quit talking about how Texas it, is going to compete. And, and one other thing, you know, talking about the Big 12 a little bit here is, you know, people always gave Notre Dame a bunch of shit about, you know, getting blown out in big games and you know, or in the playoff or whatever it may be. You watch Oklahoma. Same shit happened to them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the Big 12 is in a world of hurt. I really do. Um, they're obviously not going to have anyone in the college football playoff unless it's Oklahoma State. But 
I don't have faith in them. Shit, they should have lost to Tulsa. Yeah, but I 100% agree. I, they've been kind of inconsistent <laughs> offensively. First game of the year, they I think only put up 17 or 20 points or right. something like that. But anyways, um, with all that being said, I think we're ready. I think what we should do is start off looking at some games next week, this upcoming Saturday, and, and then we'll take a short break after we look at a couple of non-Power 5 games, and then we'll take a short break. We'll go over our ACC power rankings that we each have, and then we'll we'll clear out the rest of the games um, as far as what's coming up Saturday. But uh, before we take a break, let's let's touch base on a couple of, of smaller games. SMU at Tulane. SMU is a six point five favorite, which to me is I know SMU was like on a run last year, weren't they? Like eight and zero at one point mm-hmm. last year, and then Tulane. This is actually an attractive game for it being. That's why I put it on here. Um, Tulane has just improved drastically as a program the last couple of years. What do you think of this Tulane-SMU matchup? I'm I'm glad you put it on the list. It's a very attractive Friday night game that I'm certainly going to watch. Oh, it is on Friday night? Yeah. That's even cooler. Yeah. (laughs) SMU's ranked 17th. Tulane's not ranked, but uh, are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards uh, SMU, and I'll lay the points. Now they, Tulane, I say they're a rising program. They they are two and two. Um, they lost in a in a, somewhat of a shootout to Houston, forty nine to thirty one, and they lost to Navy, twenty seven to twenty four. And especially after Navy looked against BYU, but I think Tulane has the ability to score points. They dropped sixty six against U uh, USM Southern Mississippi. I still like SMU. I feel like they're a program that's been on the rise the last couple of years. At one point. They were on their way to a New Year's Six Bowl before they lost to Memphis. So right. I'm with you. I, I like SMU to cover. Yeah. SMU is going to win. I think six and a half. I, I'm venturing <laughs> to say that's a lock. Yeah. But I like I like where Tulane's going as a program, but SMU is just a little further. Uh, BYU at Houston. BYU is a three-point favorite. BYU has looked awesome. Now, they, it's interesting. They were able to scrap together somewhat of a schedule this year mm-hmm. for being an independent. I think they're only playing eight games. Kudos, whoever the athletic director is at BYU, I tip my cap for you to be able and to he's put- not. And the thing is, he probably has the opportunity to schedule a few more right now, but what he's doing is actually waiting until the Pac-12 starts. And when some of those games inevitably are going to get canceled or postponed or whatever it may be, well, if you're talking about the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they're not going to be able to postpone games. Right. Right? They're just going to get canceled. So BYU's just going to be sitting there and be like, oh, your game got canceled? Fuck, you want to play? BYU, they're not going to say fuck because they don't do that out there. But, you know, that's that they're going to end up getting at least 10, if not more, contests. Just by doing that, it's going to be against the Pac-12 team. And I think with their limited season, I think they're playing 10 games, actually. It looks like they snuck in a couple more games. But kudos to the AD director to be able to make that happen as an independent school in football. This is probably their biggest opportunity to make some kind of a statement to show how good they really are. Um, now, they almost lost to um, Texas San Antonio, 27 to 20. But all the other games, they've been killing people. Troy, Navy, Louisiana Tech, slaughtering people. Mm-hmm. Is this their one and only opportunity to make a statement for a New Year's Six Bowl if we assume we have all of them? Mm-hmm. Um 
And is there any chance for them to even get in a playoff with this schedule? Not with the schedule, no. They're not going to make it into the playoff. But do I think that this is a statement game for them? Yeah, absolutely. It's and the I, only opportunity they're going to make a statement. Do you, I mean, do you, they like, got, do they you like BYU? BYU? Yeah, I mean, they got BYU and uh, Boise coming up here, too. That that might be a little bit of a statement game. But Do you like BYU to cover the three? I think they, I, I think they do. I think they do, too. I think they're going to run the ball, and they're going to beat up Houston, in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree 100%. Um, let's talk about one more game before we take a break. Um, we'll talk about not a Power 5 versus Power 5, but a Power 5. Well, excuse me, I guess the rest of the games we have are all Power 5 versus Power 5. So let's talk about this game, and then we'll take a break. Clemson, Georgia Tech. Clemson's favored by 27. I think Georgia Tech has a good football coach. Yeah, And what he's been able to do coming out of a triple op offense from year one to year two is drastic improvements. I'm really impressed with Jeff Collins, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think they cover 27 though, even though, even though I think they're a gritty football team and I like the way he's playing and I like what he's doing with what he has. 27 is a lot of points. Yeah. It's a lot. It is at Georgia Tech. It's at Georgia Tech. Not that home field advantage really means anything this year. Um, Unless it's an SEC where the stadiums look pretty damn full. But um, in my opinion, I I want to take Georgia Tech, but Clemson is just so good. Yeah, the only way they have a chance to cover 27 is if they don't turn the ball over, and I don't see them turning the ball over at least once against that Clemson defense who held Miami to 17. And we all know Miami has looked impressive offensively up to this point until they met Clemson. So we got no action on those first three games, but I have a feeling we'll have some action at some point, Pat. Let's take a quick break. We'll do our ACC power rankings thus far into the season, and then we'll finish out with about uh, eight more games to preview here on Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. And we are back at Cover 3U, the college football degenerates. Before we do our ACC power rankings, a couple quick hit games. You just give me your initial gut feeling. You ready? Mm-hmm. Auburn at South Carolina. Auburn wins a nail-biter against Arkansas last week. They should have lost. They're favored by three and a half against South Carolina, who's been struggling for the past several seasons. Give me the Gamecocks. Really? Yeah. I think we may have paper on that one, my friend. Give me Auburn to cover the three and a half. We betting five bucks? Yeah, something like that. What what do you mean something like that? we got to set that now. Yeah, that's fine. Five dollars is fine. I like South Carolina. I like Auburn to cover. Are you going to take that note there? Yeah. And one more quick hit before we go into our, our power rankings. How do you feel about Kentucky at Tennessee? Tennessee coming off that loss to um, Georgia. Georgia, Kentucky improving program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee is favored by six. Who do you like there? I like the Volunteers. I like Kentucky. Give me Kentucky. All right. Kentucky's only played – has Kentucky only played one game? That could be right. There we go. They did lose to Ole Miss by a point and Auburn, but I like Kentucky. I think they're improving drastically. I like Kentucky to cover the six against the Volunteers. So we got $5 there on action. So a um, little new segment here. Since we're both in the ACC, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, and it's, you know, not a lot of teams are playing currently, we decided to give a power ranking updates. By no means do I think – this is how the season's going to finish as far as standings, at least 
how I did my rankings. This is just where I think teams stand currently in the league, not based on the record, but just overall um, gut feel, how I've seen them play, and how I think they might end up. Do you want to do your power rankings first? You go first. Okay. So the bottom three, I kind of got a tie. But if I had to rank them from worst to best, I think all these teams are equally bad. I think uh, Wake is your 15th ranked team, Wake Forest, Syracuse, and then Duke. Uh, while I think I give Duke the edge over the other two based off Cutliff and Cutliff alone, I do not think old Bryce, what's his name, quarterback for Duke, transfer from Clemson. Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce is, he looked decent against Notre Dame and he's just hit the fan since then. I don't think they have a good offensive line at all. I think Duke's offensive line is terrible, but I do think they're better than Cuse and Wake. After that, I have Florida State. I think they're improving. Their talent is showing a little bit, um, but they still have some cohesive issues. And then 9, 10, and 11 is another group of teams that I kind of have mixed in a bag. These can go in any order, but I'm going to go 11 UVA. I know I'm probably going to get some uh, shit about that, but I just think UVA has a lot to make up in the loss of Bryce Perkins. And then I have 10 Georgia Tech. I love what Jeff Collins is doing there. And then I have nine, Louisville. Even though Georgia Tech beat Louisville, I think Louisville has the speed to win more football games than Georgia Tech. At eight, I have Pitt. They were up there in my top six or five at one point, and they've taken a couple losses to NC State. And I have NC State at seven. They have turned the quarter since starting, corner since starting O'Leary at quarterback. They're throwing the ball really, really well. And then I have Boston College at six. That is a sneaky team. Uh, they hung in there with North Carolina all four quarters. Uh, the only time I've really seen Boston College struggle was against, like, Texas State, where they only beat them by a touchdown or something like that. But other than that, um, I think BC has something there. Um, and then the top five is where it gets really competitive. I think this is your bread and butter of the ACC this year. I think four or five can go either way. I got five Miami, mm-hmm. four Virginia Tech, although I easily could see those flipped. Um, Virginia Tech needs to improve defensively. Um, I just think they have a little more experience overall as a team than Miami. Notre Dame at three. That may be a surprise to you. Mm -mm. And the only reason I put Notre Dame as three, and it may be because I saw North Carolina take Virginia Tech's defense to the woodshed a little bit, but I just saw a lot of talent, like a lot of balance and talent on the offensive side of the ball for North Carolina that I had to put them at two. And then, of course, Clemson. I have uh, number one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you have any – how different we are, but I'll let you dive into your ACC power rankings. Uh, 15, Wake. Uh, 14, Duke. 13, Louisville. 12, Syracuse. Uh, 11, Florida State. Uh Yes, what's next? Ten? Yeah. Georgia Tech. And nine, I have Pitt. Eight, UVA. I think Brennan Armstrong's pretty good. I do. You know they benched him, right? Did, did they? Well, <laughs> shit. There were plenty well, of other games. Well, I don't know. They, I don't know if they benched him permanently, but they benched him in the game against NC State. Right. I don't know I why. Think. I, don't I, know. I, I, I watched. Didn't... I watched the condensed game version because obviously that game was going on during the UNC that game but I, I he did get the the backup came i thought in he played had, pretty well against clemson yeah their, their backup came in and actually played a really good game um i i do think uva is well coached though 
I do. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, let's see. Then BC, NC State at six. I got Virginia Tech at five. Miami at four. UNC at three. Notre Dame two. Clemson one. And the reason I, I and I, I don't necessarily disagree with having UNC and Notre Dame. You can flip flop those, in my opinion. But the reason I have Notre Dame ahead of UNC is for one reason and one reason alone: defense. Um, I would, yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I think the Notre Dame defense is very legit. Even though they they didn't play very well this past Saturday, um, you look at the the total body of work. I think their defense is. Very, very good. Yeah, I think if I'm going to be honest, if I didn't see what UNC did, if I saw what UNC did Saturday to another team other than Virginia Tech, I probably still would have Notre Dame up there at two. But I guess since I saw, <laughs> since yeah, I had a witness, since I had a witness it firsthand with against my own team, I guess I gave them the nudge. Uh, and that's just <laughs> my honest opinion. I'm just being upfront. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like the biggest difference we have really is. Louisville, for one, I have them all the way at nine. You have them at 13. Yeah, I realize they're – are they 0-3, 1-3? I just feel like – I don't know. I, I feel like we, we were hype on them. We thought they were a top-five ACC team to start the season. You had them up there as high as three. Um, I guess I feel like there's still something there. I think defense – Defensively, they could use some work, but I feel like you're going to see They need a lot. a lot of work defensively. But I think up. a lot of teams do. I feel like a lot of teams do due to everything we've been talking <laughs> about, um, and especially in the ACC. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I feel like if you could put up a lot of points, you can you can run with a lot of teams. But, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference we have. And then, of course, UVA, you, I have them as low as 11, although I can honestly say <laughs> UVA in my rankings could be as high as 9. I could see UVA being better than Georgia Tech and Louisville. They're a little better than I thought they would be. I still don't see them winning six football games. I could see them winning six. Um, I I could see them winning six, but I think <clears> the over under is six. You know, um, but we'll see. And and they are better than I originally thought. So I I could see them being as high as nine, like you you. But at eight, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Is which where you have them? I have them at eleven, but I can have them as high as nine. And then um, I think we're both in agreement over top five which is, you know, Virginia Tech, Miami, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Clemson, and, and any order with Clemson being at top, really, and, and Notre Dame and North Carolina being behind them. So um, let's move on to uh, the rest of the games. Sounds good. Um, Louisville at Notre Dame. Let's talk about your Irish. What is that, 17 points? Notre Dame's favored by 17. Um, I think maybe the little bit of slow starts in Notre Dame could work in Louisville's favor. I think Notre Dame still covers – but I think it's an easy cover. I don't know if it's an easy cover. I think Louisville puts up some points and hangs in there for a half. I could see him hanging in there for a half, but then Louisville haven't been able to stop anyone. And, yeah. it, I mean, nobody. Everyone, everyone can score on Louisville. So I, I have a feeling this is going to be another big day uh, for the Notre Dame running game. And, uh, you know, I don't think Louisville's really going to have a chance – to put up many points, if that makes sense. I think, yeah, and I haven't been watching Notre Dame as closely as you have, obviously, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I'm I'm hearing a lot more uh, promising statements by you in regards to Notre Dame's defense than I guess I was anticipating, so uh, maybe they are that good. I I haven't really watched closely enough to see, but uh, I I think think I'm looking forward to watching once that game kickoff. With a normal work week of practice and and things like that, whereas the last several weeks they – 
they've been dealing with all the COVID stuff. Uh, I got Notre Dame in 17, and I'll, I'll lay the 17 points easily. Okay. I, I think Notre Dame covers. But it's a late cover. If you give me 20, I would take the Louisville. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think 17, I'm not going to touch it. Notre Dame is – I think that line's going to grow. This is early in the week. That's just the initial line to get to I tell you what, there. if I see it go over 2021, I may jump on it. But uh, Notre Dame's a damn good football team. They're, 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 for now, they're deserving of their number four ranking in the country. I am – for me, I just need a little more – from I'm Notre with Dame. you. I want to see more from the downfield passing game. And you're gonna you're gonna have that opportunity here. And they need to have that before they go to Clemson. Because if they go to Clemson, one dimensional in terms of you run the ball and then your passes don't travel past fifteen yards, Venable's just gonna stack the box. And yeah, Notre Dame's got talented tight ends. They've got their receivers aren't as talented. As they've had, you know, with Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin, those guys. Um, but they got Kevin Austin coming back. Guy hadn't played since 2018, but. Oh, that's nice. And yeah, he's a downfield guy. Braden Lindsay's finally getting back off of his little injury scare there. Uh, he's one of the fastest guys in the conference. So and, you, we uh, haven't seen all of Virginia, uh, Notre Dame's offense, no. is what you're talking about. So we'll, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward <clears throat> to the game. I really am. Um, I think it's a big game for both teams. Win or lose, I think it's a really important for Louisville to show something, to show some life, win or lose, because they're they're bordering on being, you know, a lot of high expectations coming into year two under um, Satterfield. Satterfield and you're give, Satterfield. give that guy some time. Yeah, give that guy win some time. Win or lose, he, he needs to show something with that program, I think, against Notre Dame. Moving on to the next one, no action. We got UNC against Florida State. I think UNC, ever since their COVID issues in the late summer, starting to come around, obviously, against Tech, took advantage. Um, They got Florida State. They're favored by 13. Is that too low? I don't know, man. I know Florida State's coming around with the, you know, I think maybe – the new coach there at Florida State, uh, the guy from Memphis, oh Norvell. Norvell. Um, I feel like he's um, starting to figure out how to play these talented players he has. I think you're right. <coughs> but I, I'm going to say North Carolina covers. What was it, 13? 13. It's a weird number. It is a weird number. I think North Carolina covers by 20. But I'm not going to bet on 20. I'm going to bet that they're going to cover the 13. I'll take Florida State. We got action. So let's see how much of that offense on North Carolina. Hey, let's see how much of that offense was Virginia Tech just being depleted in the secondary and depleted in the two deep and being blown off the ball from the line, or how much of that was UNC just being really good. Mm-hmm. And then can UNC fix some of those defensive issues? They were out with two secondary guys, North Carolina as well, um, a starter and a backup guy. We'll see if they can – uh, do it against Florida State, who does have some talent, but obviously struggling. Next game, um, let's talk about UVA Wake first, and then we'll come back to Virginia Tech, BC. UVA at Wake Forest. UVA is favored by 2.5, and I think Wake is the worst team in the ACC. <coughs> they don't. They have guys opting out. Uh, the quarterback transferred. Um, you know, the only signs of life was against – Poor old Campbell, where they uh, won that game with 60-some points. Other than that, they haven't done squat. 
I like UVA to cover the two and a half. I think these are this is one of the five <clears throat> games that UVA wins. When I did my bet against a colleague of mine who's a UVA fan, I said UVA won't win more than five, although I can see him winning six. I just don't think they will. Um, this was one of the games. This that is I, almost a lock to me. I think it is too. I feel like that's low. Wake's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Give me give me UVA. The game's at four o'clock, so we have no action. I am <clears throat> interested to see who UVA um so come to find out, I guess Armstrong had a concussion. He didn't get benched. And if I'm reading that correctly, I did some little bit of research. Um, I thought he just got subbed in out, but so he's under concussion protocol. I don't know if the quarterback will start Armstrong for UVA, but that backup looked good. I'm trying to find his freaking name. I know that sounds terrible, um, but he came in and played a hell of a game uh, against NC State. He threw the ball well. And here, here's something positive I can say about UVA. UVA has a uh, receiver, Davis. The dude is as tall as this house. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen him play. Yeah, uh, He's a tall, lanky wide receiver who can, who can get 50-50 balls. I think that's a difference maker for Virginia. If they had anybody to get some production on the offensive side of the ball ever since Perkins had left, it's that guy. Um, I do think they cover the two and a half easily. Um, this is one of the... Uh, wins that I'll give Virginia this year. But, you know, after that, they got Miami, UNC, and Louisville three in a row. And I don't know if the only one they can maybe win is maybe Louisville. So we'll see. Moving on to Virginia Tech and Boston College. The Hokies are favored 11 points, Patrick. What do you feel about that after you saw what North Carolina did to that Hokie defense? I think I'm I'm looking at this from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, BC is fighting. You know, Phil Jerkovic, who... Uh, he threw the ball 56 times yeah. against um, UNC, I think. They ended up beating the pit the very next week, last Saturday, 31-30, to which is a huge win. If you put up 31 points over that pit defense, um, that says a lot. But I'm with you. That's BC, you know, they got Jay Flowers, that rod receiver, where that Jerkovic, is it Jerkovic? Yeah, Jerkovic. Jerkovic? Yeah. Um, you know, or Jerkovic. Jerkovic? I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it. So, anyway, yeah, he was the Notre Dame backup. He oh, was, really? Yeah, he was a four-star recruit and transferred. When Book announced he was coming back. He has a good receiver in Zay Flowers. Um, <clears throat> I think it's pivotal that Virginia Tech's secondary gets back, not only gets back and is able to play due to all these COVID issues, but has some time to practice this week and prepare. It's one thing to get a player back on Sunday versus Friday right. before the game. It's a huge difference. Oh, yeah, e- enormous difference. Uh, I think Virginia Tech's going to win the game. Um but I will take Boston College and the 11 points. I think Virginia Tech is going to drop 40 on BC. I, I, I don't think points are going to become a problem. Pitt put up 30, 30. UNC put up 22, but I think that was before UNC was hitting on all cylinders. Shoot, Texas State put up 21. Um, and that Virginia Tech running game is just – one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. Um, I'm I'm gonna hmm, I'm gonna stay away from it. I think it's close. I, if it was like eight or ten points, I would take it. I just 
I need to see more out of I need to see improvement on the defensive side of the ball for the Hokies after that. I think eleven points is a good number if you can jump on that now. Yeah, I think the way the Hokies got gutted defensively due to their I think it's gonna be a shootout. Yeah, due to their reasons or unexcusable reasons or excusable reasons, at the end of the day, I need to see more out of the Virginia Tech defense. Um I'm glad Hinton Hooker is back. I think you're going to see Hooker being the starting quarterback moving f- forward. I think Brewermeister and Patterson's a great backup option. Quarter- I don't have any issues on the offense side of the ball other than maybe um, catching some more 50-50 balls downfield. So um, I like the Hokies. I like the Hokies a lot. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff in Blacksburg. I just don't like them enough to guarantee they're beating about 11. Final game we'll review. Uh, so we we had three games. We have action: uh, Auburn, George, South Carolina. We have action. Kentucky, Tennessee. We have action. UNC, Florida State. We have action. Um, <laughs> Georgia, Alabama, where we have action. Big game. I asked you, is Georgia as good as Alabama this year? Game of the week. You said no. Bama's favored by six after giving up forty, fifty some points to Ole Miss. Um, and the thing is, Ole Miss, they, their offense goes fast. And Alabama's always had issues with that. Georgia is the exact opposite. You know, they're going to they're gonna line up in, a, in an eye formation and run the ball at you. Uh, that kind of plays into Alabama's hands. Um, so I, I, I would take Alabama and, and lay the points. Give me Georgia. It's my, my upset of the week here. I, I think Georgia <laughs> wins the game. Um, I just think it's time. I think Georgia has looked a little more consistently to start the season. They beat Arkansas 37-10, Auburn 27-6, and then they take care of business against Tennessee 44-21. They've beaten two top 15 teams. Meanwhile, Alabama's in shootouts with Ole Miss all the way down to the end of the game. I think they're scrambling a little bit defensively. I think there's a lot of vulnerable uh, game tape out there for Georgia to review. Give me Georgia to win the football game. So okay. we got action. Yeah, action. Anything else you want to end this podcast on, my friend? I don't think so. Just I hope everyone enjoys the, the weekend of college football. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. And hopefully we'll talk to you next week if we can if we can get around to it. Absolutely. I'll end it on this. Things to watch for in the ACC since we're on this ACC kick this year on Cover 3U. One, the Virginia Tech defense. Two, the Notre Dame-Louisville spread. I think mm-hmm. it's key to see what uh, Louisville can do to kind of save their season and if Notre Dame can make some improvements to be a clear-cut top-five team. Uh, three, does UVA um, start their backup quarterback and can they win soundly against the worst team in the ACC? And can UNC, North Carolina, keep up the momentum they had after last week against the Hokies? Enjoy your college football weekend. Um, we will try to do these every couple of weeks. It's a little different season, but you know, better late than never college football is here and enjoy it. Cover through you, the college football degenerates.